welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. G'day and welcome into Six Again. Uh, a day late, but happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, we are coming to you a day later than usual because, yes, the Sunday uh, we usually record on was Father's Day. I had a huge day and was way too exhausted to record a pod um, at the end of the day. And Jared was off visiting his father and did not get home till quite late. So we made the decision to push it through to today, which I think, at least from my end, that was the right decision. Oh, yeah, it was. And there's some good news that came out today we can actually talk about. Yeah, that's true. That's a um, bit of a payoff there. Um, yeah. What did you get, Dad? Your dad. Um, you got something for Mum, which would be really weird, but that's cool. I don't know. I'd get something for your dad if I saw him. Some flowers or some chocolate or something. Um, what did you get your dad? I got him... Oh, Gary a- would love it. <laughs> oh, he would. Now I got him a huh. Liverpool cap because he's uh, he's been a Liverpool supporter um, for a very long time, and obviously they finally won. The, well, they won the Premier League last year, so we got him a new Liverpool cap to cover up all his sun cancers. So he really enjoyed that. Got to wear it out at the Botanical Gardens where we're at. It was a great morning. It was the first time in a long time that we had mum and dad, myself, my two brothers, and all three of our partners, wife, oh, yeah wives and girlfriend um and both maddie and my kids and we're all all there together it was really cool so um my middle brother's wife's 33 weeks pregnant so that was really nice to see them and um i scored big time with the presents it was awesome really cool so i'm not a dad i didn't get anything but i spent some time with both my father-in-laws and my dad. So. See? Hmm. That was awesome. <laughs> it was an expensive week because it's also my mum's birthday and um, Tasha's birthday, my brother's wife. Um, not that I've got her anything yet, but we will. We'll get you something, <laughs> Tash. Um, and if you're yeah. listening, I'm sure you do listen every week. Well, I told her that she was on it and then we didn't cut it out. She's just like, oh, I won't listen anyway. I'm like, hey, you sound like Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Seems it's cool. up and, um, kids were in at 5 30 waking us up and Addy was annoying Maddie I'm like hey isn't there a present you can go find he's like what oh happy birthday dad I was like yeah it's close enough yeah <laughs> four pack of hubba bubba which is really cool uh, a bluey book called my dad is awesome but at this the remastered edition of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Really? On what? Xbox. That's so cool. And they've got original footage from the obviously yeah. original game. Um, all the skaters, the, the all-star lineup, your Ring Glyphberg, Steve Caballero, uh, Bucky Lassick. Uh, Wait, aren't I going to your place this weekend? Oh, I'm so playing that. Oh, yeah? I think I am, aren't I? Coming here. Isn't there any- oh, you're coming down for Addy's birthday. Yeah. We may as well do the pod that afternoon. Yeah, if you're allowed out from the missus. That's his birthday, I'm sure. We'll- 
I'll do it when he's asleep. That is <laughs> sick. We can play. We get everyone involved. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Well, not everybody. <laughs> Happy Father's to all the fathers. Um, Happy Father's like- to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day. Shut up. <laughs> Still tired. Um, yeah, lots has been going on. So we'll start with, I'm not, we're not going to call them small stories. There's just less to talk about. So uh, Peter Vlandis has come out and stated that Andrew Abdo is now officially the CEO of the NRL. Obviously not a small issue, but not a lot to go on there. He's been doing a pretty decent job throughout the whole COVID time. And uh, Vlandis made a point in pointing out that over the last four years, the NRL revenue has increased by 15% which is crazy considering how much it was spending. Um, and Abdo was behind that. And you wouldn't be surprised to find out that he's, accountant. he's an accountant by trade. So Andrew Abdo is the officially the new NRL CEO. So welcome in, Andrew, and good luck. And just keep doing yeah. what you're doing, and you'll be yeah. largely Listen, like keep, this. Keep, keep, keep listening to Volandis. You'll do great. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a story that was, I don't think ever would have made the, the headlines, but the NRL's got a program called School to Work, which were, it's their flagship Indigenous education employment program. Um, and by securing government funding and support, it's extended through to 2023, so another three years, which is awesome. Uh, the NRL basically works hand in hand with, schools and especially their indigenous students so where i teach in gimpy we have uh the broncos on board at our school and our other local public high school starting next year and they they have an indigenous officer and welfare officer on hand for three days a week and basically if the kids or when the kids get through to graduate in year 12 um, the nrl has a hundred different organizations and contacts where they try to get the kids work once they've graduated. So that's awesome news and that that's continuing to help Indigenous kids uh, with their education and welfare all over um, our country. So that's really cool news that School to Work is continuing on. Um, do you want to go to the... Uh, let's have a look. Let's go to Tiger's Walkout. Yeah, so... I'm not 100% sure the full story on this one. So it turns out that at halftime during the Tigers, the... they play? Um, sea Eagles. Sea Eagles. Um, Russell Packer and Josh Reynolds walked yeah. out at halftime. Um, it came out originally because of the fact that they wanted to let everyone know how Maguire's treating the players. That's what it originally came out and said. Um, there's been mixed reports about the fact that they were cold and didn't want to spend any more time there. Um, but look, the reality of it is um, it's not a look, good look, no matter how you swing it. Um, these guys put them together. They're you know, $1.2 million worth of talent. Sitting on the sidelines, I think one. How about we say one point two million dollars worth of salary cap? <laughs> At one point, they were both talented. There you go. But um, 
Yeah, so it's not a look good, good look anyway. You look at it, the two players walk out during half time. Um, they were down 22-10, weren't they? It was the yeah, half time score. 20 to 10. So they thought, oh, we're going to get flogged here. This is what I reckon. And this walked out. Turns out that they won 32 30 or whatever it was. 34 <laughs> 32. Yeah. So um, it ended up not looking good for them by the end of it. But uh, to be honest, you, you'll never get the full story on this one ever. A couple of the players have come out when they were obvious when they were interviewed about it. I think it's cleared up. I, I think enough for it to be kind of now thrown on the back burner. Um, so Elijah Taylor and Luke Brooks were asked about it, about whether Josh Reynolds or Russell Packer would be issued an apology to their teammates or the team. Elijah Taylor said, I, I wouldn't expect an apology at all. He said, they've both got families. It's a game of footy. We watch footy every day. We live and breathe footy. Some of the squad sometimes doesn't come to the game because it's on the other side of the footy, uh, other side of the city. So they're saying, like, if you're not in the match day squad, you're under no... Uh, obligation. Obligation to be there if it's an away game by the sound of it. But both he and Luke Brooks admitted it wasn't a good look from the outside. Um, but within the club, there was nothing... They, it, it seems like the players had no issue. Luke Brooks said, we are so, the players they are. We love playing with them. They're our team players. They weren't required to be there. They didn't have to be there in the first place. And he hadn't even noticed that they'd left. So, so as, as a player, do you think any player is going to come out and go, oh, they're bastards for doing what they did? No, but they could say it's disappointing. They, they did say it was disappointing. Bastard. No, they didn't. It's a bad look. It's disappointing and a bad look. No, no. But... He said it admits it. <laughs> Uh, he said, admits it's not a good look from the outside. But from the inside, I don't think it, they didn't care. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they do care. I don't know. You can't know if they do care or not. Um, I reckon it would have put a few people offside in the squad. You can't not, especially what's been going on lately. Like, the boys just had to sit around for another, you know, 40 minutes. Um, the club's already looking like shit already. The players must know how that looks. As far as yeah, I'm not saying it's a smart thing to do. It was a dumbass thing to do. Like, if you're going to leave at halftime, why go to the game in the first place? Um, so, Benny Elias teed off today. Yeah, he said that Benny the board should be finding a way in their contract to breach him and tear it up, what they did. Um, Steve Roach also teed him up. Te- yeah. Teed off. Um, but I make it a rule that whatever t- Steve Roach said, I kind of disagree with on principle anyway because he's dumb. So was Benny Elias the yeah. game? Probably. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Benny Elias probably was. Yeah, there's a, he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Yeah, he's, I, I don't, he's just he's a guy who just wants to be angry all the time. Well, the hooker back in the eighties. What do you expect? Um. No, I just... If I was a player, I'd be a bit annoyed about it. I would be. I know they wouldn't, didn't find out to the end of the game, but, like, I, I, I would be. Especially, like, it's different if it was like a team who's not going through rumours of disharmony. Mm. Do, you, do you get that? Like, every, every other team's, though, 
Tigers were the team the last week that went through that there's factions within the club and there's uh, not liking the coach and the coach's decisions and then and then you got to and then the next that weekend you got two people walking out at half time. Like as a player, you're like, come on boys, pull your head in. I'll be a bit yeah, pissed off at them. Yeah. But the other thing on the other hand is they're probably looking at at Reynolds and Packer like <laughs> Tell you what, um at and the I, end of the year I wanna yeah. have I wanna have like sections of what we thought about a year. And I swear to God, the most underrated player in the NRL in the last three years has got to be David North Lumeray. He is an absolute freak. Oh, I was going to jump onto the Madge Maguire stuff about how that might have been. No, I just yeah, no, you can. I'm just saying that, like when I when I was when I when you go back and watch his games, yeah, he's literally the only one having a crack in that Tigers team. Sometimes he's so he's that good. Yeah, I was going to talk yeah, about him. Um, yeah, later on. But anyway, um, Taylor was asked about Maguire as well. And Taylor's been at the Tigers for a fair while, like six years, I think. And he basically is exactly what the club needs, a hard-nosed approach, and we're training hard. Ripping in the last two years have probably been the hardest train I've ever done outside maybe Anthony Griffin. Um, that's the success he's had at South and Wigan. That's what he's trying to build here. Um He's pretty much, I don't know. He's a player that's seen this sort of style of coaching before, so maybe he has less against it than maybe some of the others, but some of the others might just have to um, grow the hell up because if push comes to shove, the Tigers have pretty much shown that they're on Maguire's side by supporting yeah, so on, the players. So I see two sides of this. I see the players having a, having a whinge about the fact that, as a lot of Taylor, working harder than they ever have. Ooh. Um well so it's kind of bad. In saying that too, as long as McCoy's you know, he's got a hard nosed approach, but as long as he lets them, you know, blow off steam mm. every so often. So as long as he's got that, you know, okay, I've worked too hard here, I'll do a fun game. I I, I don't know what NRL coaches do to let them off steam. These days you can't really put a four cartons of beer in front of them. But um yeah, as long as he finds that, if he's finding that balance and making them work hard when they have to be, and then letting them go when he doesn't have to, the players are winning. They're only yeah. yeah. So, and I'm thinking he would have learnt his lesson from Rabbitohs. That's when it started going south when he kept yeah. he wasn't budging. But yeah, the Tigers board have shown that they're supporting Maguire. They say yeah, go get your clean out done. See what you have to do. Reynolds probably won't be there next year. Packer won't be there next year. Um, I, I was surprised Packer played as many games as he did. He's not the sort of player that Maguire would like. Especially, I think he came back from like eight weeks out of being, not being injured, being dropped, and he shoulder-charged someone in the first five minutes, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. he's not exactly a player Maguire likes in a player, like an ill-disciplined idiot. Yeah. So uh, going on to some more coaching... Let's uh, jump over to the Dragons. So Anthony Griffin's won the race for head coaching position at the Dragons, signed on for two years, so 2021-22. Um, this is interesting. So I read an article today about how impressive um, Don Ferner's presentation was. Uh, so it was pretty much those two and uh, Dean Young and Griffin and, and Turner had, uh, Ferner, sorry, had to do theirs via Zoom. 
Um, <laughs> Bernard shown highlights of the Dragons this year where he believes they need to improve. He had testimonials from uh, Shane Richardson, um, Wayne Bennett, Peter Parr, like a whole bunch of high-profile players, Tamalolo, um, of clubs that he's been an assistant at. And suppose it was a very well and professionally put together uh, presentation, but the smart money's been on Griffin the last couple of weeks and he's got the job. So, so far in his coaching career, he's got a 55.5% win rate. Um, above average, technically. And, but I think one thing that might have swung it his way is him and Dean Young have already coached together. Uh, they were both assistants at, uh, with regards to the Tonga national team. Um, so having Dean Young already in place and bringing Anthony Griffin in could be a little bit of a, a coaching tandem that wouldn't have been there maybe for Ferner. Um, I don't mind the appointment. It's not the most exciting appointment in the world, but you're going to get a hard-nosed, old-school approach. He's still up to speed with the game um, and how it's moving, but his coaching styles, I'd still expect him to work in that players pretty hard. And maybe some of these young guys who have been putting up requests all year might benefit from that. I know. What do you reckon? To me, it's a safe signing. Not an exciting one. To be honest, I've never rated Griffin as much as a coach. To be honest, like, he got fired from the two other teams he's coached, Broncos and Penrith, I think, reasonably quickly, like within two years, I believe. Well, it's it's funny though because he's had seven seasons as a head coach and he's never missed the finals. Okay, okay, so you're like, well fifty-five and a half, but but then you've got a fifty-five and a half percent win rate. Seven years of the finals, you'd be thinking around like position six to eight. Yeah, so I, I've, I've never oh, sorry, really he's missed finals football only once, so six times he's made it out of seven. So yeah, I've never really. I don't know. I never really followed him, to be honest. Like I never, like Adam said, he he's not a he's not a coach. You like, oh, this is going to be interesting kind of thing. He's just kind of there, and he's going to. He's the way I would say it is. I hope he has a really inventive attacking coach because I don't believe that's his strong suit. Attack like flair. What's what's Flanagan's job being there? Assistant. I don't know if he's what what part of the game. I think he's attack. Yeah, I think it's interesting is. to see if Dean Young stays around and whether they have offensive yeah. defense. So, if, because we always debated what was going to happen at the Dragons, um, I think this effectively rules out Sean Flan- uh, Shane Flanagan coaching them. Yeah, no, it's two years. It's not like yeah, it's but he ends the next year, and so does John Morris. So John Morris' contracts ends next year. Do you really think Cronulla will bring him back? I wouldn't be surprised. Why not? They Why? they didn't believe he was guilty. They they there's no way they didn't know. He just yeah, caught no, the but why, why continue the storyline by bringing him back? Nah, just drags your club through all that shit again. Look, it's a risk they got to take, and if he wins a premiership, there no one's going to care. He's already won a premiership there. I don't know. I'm not really phased by it, to be honest. Um, I the, the biggest thing is I don't think it makes Dragons stronger. 
to, to no, be fair. So, uh, um, I'm, I'm loving the fact Fernand's staying at Newcastle. He's a good coach. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. So, <laughs> to be honest, I'm kind of sore. I was like, yeah, okay. It doesn't well, really... Craig Fitzgibbon knocked this job back too. That's four... The Craig NRL Fitzgibbon knocked back every job. That's four NRL head coaching jobs. He's not back, considering, and he hasn't applied to any of them. Yeah, yeah. Pretty obvious where he wants to take, where he wants to coach, and why not? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not really phased by it. Um, dra- like you said, it's a safe thing. Dragons haven't taken the risk here in in That's bringing it. a new coach in or anything like that. They're they're aiming for six or seven spots. I don't think the coach is going to bring you to minor premiership. Well, if you'd asked Dean Pay about the coaching decision, he'd probably have the same quote. Uh, that he had with regards to the Drake's performance against the Titans. Same shit, different day. So Dean Young, week, not Dean Pay. Not Dean Young, sorry, not Dean Pay. Yes, Dean Young. So last week he gave us the great, how you feeling? I'm pissed off. So now it's uh, asked about the game. Same shit, different day. I yeah. love that. Um, Do you know what? The, the, the thing second. about that is I reckon that would have been a better decision because Dean Young clearly has got coaching in him. But as a player, you definitely know where you stand with him. He yeah. wouldn't be afraid to rip you or praise you any time of the day. He seems like a guy who has no problem ripping India, but he seems like a guy who, when you deserve praise, he'll give it to you. But you've got to earn that respect. You've got to earn well. it. So I, I, I really like it. I reckon that would have been a cooler cooler way to go for him. That would have been yeah, pretty so, fun. Yeah, I do too. I, I'd, um, I would have at least liked to see what... Young could have got out of these last five weeks considering now with this Lost Dragons aren't fighting for anything. Um, mm-hmm. It basically said the second week in a row, the game was there to be one in the last five minutes, which is what this club wants to be about, fighting for the full 80 minutes. But this club deserves to win as well. There's individuals not getting their jobs done and that's what's costing this team. It's like... <laughs> love How's it? Love it. Um, blokes going sideways off the line, giving up their inside shoulders, stuff that we work really, really hard on when the pressure's on, they're not nailing it. Um, that's great. It's so good. Uh, it's loved, I just love seeing, I said it last week, I just love seeing coaches come out and call it. Um, Dean Young, good on you, mate. Let's have a look. Josh Morris, 300 game hero, kind of overshadowed by the return of Sonny Bill Williams. Especially in well, with regards to the media, Trent Robinson. As much as I hate the Roosters, I respect the hell out of them for what they're building. And Trent Robinson, I don't think there's been a press conference where I try as hard as I can be angry at him because he's so measured in his responses. And he's basically said it might be bigger in the media, but internally this week's been all about Morris and his 300 game and and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just going to read out. Josh Morris's career to date, 300 games, six tests for Australia, 15 caps for New South Wales, three for NRL All-Stars, three for City Country, uh, for City. Um, Daily M Centre of the year, year in 2009 and 2012. And 145 tries for someone who's considered as the best defensive centre or one of the best defensive centres in the modern era. No, I would say the, the, best? the best defensive yeah. centre in the last 20 years. And with 145 tries to your name. So not bad with not bad for someone who's better at defence, supposedly. 
Um, yeah, outstanding. It's uh, oh, what was it? Abdo said. I think he was there that uh, for the. He presented him with a ball afterwards, a commemorated ball in a glass case, saying, "You got you and your brother are like bottles of wine. It's getting better with age." And I think that's been said quite a bit. Um, yeah, good on you, Morris. I still, for some reason, my first image with the Morris boys are both of them playing for the Dragons. And I was surprised that Morris only played there for two years. I thought, in my head, it was so much longer, but it was at Canterbury so, he spent yeah. his career. So the Benjamin Button twins, um, they're... Oh, how do you explain them? They're what every they're just that good. They're so they're that good. They're just so they're just, Yeah. And they, they make those hard plays. Which is, what I'm surprised by that is that he only played six tests for Australia. He deserves a lot more than that. Well, he had Inglis for a lot of that time. And you never yeah, he's the only one there, yeah, but there's two centre spots. Yeah, but you got to think who else was there through his career. You had Gaznia. You had Justin Hodges. Um, you had... Well, it's pretty much between those, those three. Yeah. And when he gets to Australian level, left and right centre means nothing. So, for me, I, I, I would rate Morris High and Hodges. Yeah, you could. But you've also got to think earlier in their career, the, um, well, throughout their career, you, you'd say Hodges had obviously more... A better team around him? Yeah, which allowed yeah. him to reach his high points more often. Um, yeah. And we've seen that. We've seen that's the case. Like, you can, you can talk about origin Australian teams every year where due to the team someone's playing in, that's gotten them their positions. Um, mm. Whereas you might have better players on worse off teams. But that's yeah, just how Jared it goes. Croker comes to mind. Dale Finucane comes to mind when he's at Bulldogs. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen mm. then. It's going to happen for ever. Alex Twile isn't even considered. Sure. <laughs> non Faluma, yeah. He should yeah, be New South Wales origin winger this year. He hundred percent should be, but Fergo he only scored one trial year, we'll get it. Yep. So um there we go. So that's uh that's that one. Anything all right, we'll get to Papali when we do signings, I guess. All right, Blenny's oh, origin and representative. Now, I think this would have been a bigger story without everything else going on. But it started when asked about Origin being a standalone fixture. And he said, it's basically going to come down to ratings. If it blows the roof off with ratings, we may look at Origin being a standalone fixture at the end of each season after the grand final. Not only, he said, not only will that work with ratings, but it allows test matches to be in the spotlight mid-year. So you can, you can still then have a weekend of mid-year tests where the comp only stops for one week, weekend. And what that allows is those players who want to represent their nations can still have the eligibility to play Origin and also the opportunity. Because right now it's either one or the other because it's all based around the same time. They don't get paid to play for the national countries. They get paid 30 grand to play for Origin. With 52% of the NRL population, players population, Polynesian, they basically want to say, we want these guys to have the same opportunity to play for both as those who play for Origin in Australia or New Zealand. There's a 
huge article on NRL.com and it breaks down all the pathways that are open for Australian players that aren't open for your Islander players, even New Zealand players that they're trying to open up. And yeah, it looks pretty interesting going forward because right now you'd have players like Katoni Staggs. Um, who are some of the other ones in there mentioned? I'm not going to say Tamalolo. Uh, let's have a look. Oh, I got rid of it. Anyway, Junior Paulo would be another one. Uh, Tavita Pangai, Daniel Tupo, Felice Kafusi, Johan Ngawi, David Fafida, Papali. Um, all these guys that choose to play Origin over their country, but doing it this way, um, they could have it both ways. When I say their country, it's one of the two countries that they're eligible for. Although some of the players are eligible for nine countries, which is interesting. Um, but this is all getting sounded out by talking with Phil Gould, Michael Maguire, Brad Fittler, Wayne Bennett, Kevin Walters are all part of this, as well as the ARL board. Um, International Rugby League Deputy Chairman Troy Grant's on there. Polynesian Heritage Welfare Officers on there. So it's a pretty decent board. Now Meninga, um, more like the, the top heads in the game talking about this. And I, I don't know. I can see more positives and negatives um, with this. Oh, no. No? Leave it alone. Why? It's one step away from letting every everyone join in Origin. No, I don't think it is. It's because slowly, they... No, no, because they're playing both. So it's one step away because where do you draw the line? Because right now they're letting second-tier nation players play Origin. Yeah. So that's a Tonga Samoa. So that's one step away from letting first-tier nations do it. Australia does do it. No, but you're not allowed to play for New Zealand and play for New South Wales. You're not yeah, allowed to play no, I don't think they'll... I don't think they'll... No, no, back, so. but that, that, that's what we said. That's what, that we, With this new setup, that's one step closer to that. It is, but they also made it pretty clear that in the... Yeah, now. Yeah. So they're doing, they, they made it clear now that it won't happen. But it's also but completely the, changing. While I don't, well, it's different to say you don't agree with it, but the other side of it is the NRL, the NRL rugby league would be a hell of a lot less exciting um, without the Polynesian players in it. And the fact that Australia is such a multicultural country. No, I, I, I don't mind that. I don't but know. I think it's going to get if to you're going to play point, for New South Wales, you yeah. can't be playing for Tonga, Samoa, and all them throughout the year. Why not? Because there's got to be some eligibility to rep games. Yeah. I, it's the same as I never so agreed say you, with... Say your mum's like three generations Australian and your dad's three generations Fijian. Pick one. So I don't, I don't know if we can sit here and say it's that easy because we have no idea what it'd be like. No, no. Look, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Right now, that's the last thing I want to be. But I just think that if you're going to... The question is, do you want 30 grand or do you not want 30 grand? No, but I think if you're going to commit to a representative team, you commit to it. 
And that means committing to the country. So if you're going to commit to New South Wales, you'd be committing to Australia. That's just what I'm, because they're, they're literally going, okay, we're technically making Origin an international game now. No. Yes, you are, because you're making... Well, so it's the players' fault that their mum or dad's from another country. No, it's not their players' fault. Not at all. But you you can't... No, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying that Origin's not an international game. No, it's not. And you're bringing in international players to play Origin. No, if you're an Australian citizen, you're an Australian citizen. It's not international but players. I, I just don't agree one week you're playing for Tonga and the next week yeah. you're playing for Queensland. I don't agree with that. I, I, just, it, but I think by separating it completely to the end of the season allows these players to play your one-off matches. Um, in, in, even in the last five years, they've given out Australian jerseys because Australian tests have been close to origin games where people would rather play the origin and be arrested for the Australian test. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's, that's exactly what it the is same thing. The competition in international games not there. And you don't get as much money either. Yeah, but I, I just... And like I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything. I just think Wouldn't that, that be worse, gonna... though, being chosen to play for your state and then choosing not to play for your country? Well, if, you, if you're eligible to play for New South Wales... Should be eligible to play for Australia. No, I mean being eligible for both, but choosing not to, so you can have a rest. No, well, if they haven't, if they're choosing not to have a rest, yes, that's bad. I don't, I don't agree with that. But unfortunately, and as much as people want to deny it, the Queensland and New South Wales jersey is respected more than the Australian jersey. Yeah, it's harder to get. Um, it's I, the I game. This would make it even. I think this would make it even harder to get. It'd be easier to get it if there's more oh, no, okay. available to go for. All yeah, right. the, the, look at it this way: you've got Josh Papali, who's played his whole career for Queensland Australia, right? Yeah. If Origin gets moved to the end of the year, um, and he doesn't have to decide between Queensland and Samoa. Tonga, I'm sorry for Pali if I got that wrong. Um, you don't think he'd want to play for Tonga in the middle of the year if he finally had the opportunity to do so? I think if you, you if you, I think if you told him to choose between a Tongan and New South a Queensland jersey, you'd pick Queensland. No, but I'm uh, I, that's not the question I was posing. Would you be upset they got he's played what? six years for the Maroons or whatever, and he finally gets an opportunity to play for Tongs that's not on at the same time. Um, that he plays for He's that big and still... Yeah. Oh, Samoan, yeah. Well, plays for Samoa and then plays for his Queensland jersey at the end of the season, like five, six months apart. I don't care how long it is. I just think that there should be three years commitment at least. So if you, if you pledge yourself to a jersey... That's for three years, at least. Oh, no, you can't put timelines on it. You can. You 100% can. Because in the NRL, contracts mean shit all. You can sign a contract for four years. Yeah, but this is not the NRL. It kind of is. You've got to be an NRL player to play. No, you don't. Not for Tonga and Samoa, you don't. 
No, the origin, yeah. But that's because that's only because we get the chance to do that. We have the ability to do that. Yeah, and there's no like, contracts for origin either. No, which is a good thing. We don't want to go and do what Union are doing right now and put a five-year Australian or contracts or what a cricket do. That's that we can't be doing that either. I just didn't think you just that say that you've got to give it three years. Yes, it doesn't mean you sign a contract. You're saying you're going to stay loyal to that jersey for three years. And if you can't hold the standard to get into that jersey, you don't play. What if you don't get chosen for the next two years? Don't play. But then you've given up playing for your country for two years for the chance to not play for your state. Yeah, that's the risk you've got to take. Mm. That's the respect that should be in the Queensland and New South Wales jersey. You can't pick and choose what jersey you're going to wear that year. I don't believe you should. All right, I'll go a different way. Aboriginal players, but they're Aboriginal people, are from Victoria. But still, when you played your most your first senior game or whatever, same, whatever the same. Rule. Yeah, I, look, I, ah. I can't. No, I can't give you every option. I can't give you every answer. But my point is that the broad question of if they can play for an international country and then three months later play for a state of another country, I don't agree with that. Um, I can't tell you what I believe if they can find a player from Western Australia or Tasmania or Northern Territory. Mm. I can't tell you what I... Because I haven't thought about that. To the point where I thought about it is that I don't believe you should be playing for two... and. What if Origin starts to die because all the best players aren't playing? Well, right now there's very good players who aren't playing Origin. Mm. I'm just saying, like, there's more and more Polynesian players every year. Like, there's more Polynesian players now than there are Caucasian players um, or Australian players. That's where the commitment comes in, the three-year commitment. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be looking at the best... You'd be getting a weaker, weaker, I think, origin squads over time if you made it so specialised. Yeah, well, that, but that's how, you, that's how you raise it above everything. Else. You've got to make it hard to get that jersey. You can't make them pick and choose. If you make them pick and choose, the quality will go down for that reason. Look, th- this theory is just one step away from letting Roger Tuovasashek play for New South Wales. I don't ever think they'll do it for New Zealand. Well, we didn't think they're going to do it for all the rest of the countries either, but they're doing it We also it never thought that they'd get this close to a tier one nation. <laughs> it's interesting though. Like there's nothing Blenders has done so far that's been... No, and look, I, I disagree with him on a fair amount and I'm probably going to stop disagreeing with him. But the concern, I, I, I love mid-year origin. It's one of my favourite things. Um... But the thing about it is he says it's based on ratings. After you get the grand final, and I think there's a two-week break before Origin. Yeah. Origin's going to get huge ratings. Yeah, it will. This year. It'll be massive. It'll be, gotta be the biggest windfall in sporting. Well, it'll probably be the biggest profit State of Origin's ever had this year. Mm-hmm. 
hundred percent because it, of the NRL always picks all the other sports with regards to ratings because it's the best one to watch yeah. on TV. And you know, this will be the last thing for well, probably four months until you know, cricket will start, but that's not gonna be half as popular as state. I don't think I don't yeah, I don't think NRL will be worried about cricket. Nah, not at all. Um the other thing is like the older I get, the less I am amped up or even remember that origin's on in the middle of the week when it comes about. Because at school, you've got all your mates and you're all into each other and all this all week. It's sick. And then same at uni and all that. And we're like, are you Queensland? Oh, yeah, Origins on tonight. Sweet. That's, uh, that's, that's, ah. you can come around to ours. See, see uh, in my office at work, um, we've got, we've already got a bet for it that, same as the bet I got in Newcastle Jersey with you. Whoever, Losers has to have the flag on their desk for however long. Oh, that's brutal. So no, that's not for me because I I, I argue with everyone about it. I love it. I'm a New South Wales fan living in Queensland, so I'm all over that shit. Yeah, well, I get no fa- I I get no help anywhere. <laughs> You're a manly fan. Yeah, and so the people wearing a Newcastle will go for New South Wales. So they're gonna revoke your membership when they see this. No, oh, no. Um, all right, so let's get to judiciary and then um, I guess the biggest talking point of the weekend, or maybe not the biggest, but a big one is the uh, sending off of Chad Townsend, so we'll get to that as well. So uh, judiciary over the weekend, Jordan Ricky is another one to get crushed, have his soul crushed by the crusher tackle crackdown. Two weeks, Jamil, Jamal Hopper, Jamil Hopper-Wadi a week for a dangerous throw. He would have been. He would have gotten off, but he had forty carryover points, which enforced his suspension. David Clemmer did the lucky dip and got an eleven hundred and fifty dollar fine, and he had to pay. Chad Townsend suspended for three weeks for his shoulder charge on Callum Ponga. Wade Graham two weeks for lifting tackle on Mason Leno. Toby Rudolph did not get a suspension for that. Wow. And, uh, Due to early guilty plea and no carryover points. And when you actually watch the replay, we'll get, we'll get to it in a second. Christian Welch, one week. He pleaded no contest, which is really weird. Uh, not really weird, really uncommon. He misses a week. So by pleading no contest means you're not saying you're guilty, nor are you saying you're not guilty. You're just saying no contest, you're neutral. By doing that, you would just accept the punishment, but you don't actually receive any carryover points. Um, That's weird. Kind of weird. Yeah, so he's going to miss a week. He has no carryover points. So two things. This thing's a bit more general. You get a suspension for three weeks, right? If you take it on and win, um, it might get downgraded to two weeks, one week, or you get off completely. But if you lose, they add time on. I don't get that. Yeah. Why don't they just give you the maximum time that they reckon it should be? You fight it. If you win, you get time taken off. But I don't get why they add weeks on if you lose the argument. Is that just to deter people wasting their time in arguing? Pretty much. And we're, in, and we're in charge here. You can try and fight us. And if you don't, it's going to cost you more, which is absolute bullshit. <laughs> because Chad Townsend, the Sharks are already looking at getting a legal team in to downgrade it from three weeks. Um, Brad Fittler came out pretty... I love the interview they said to um, Fittler before the Sunday game at Central Coast. What do you think about Chad Townsend's punishment? He's like, yeah, didn't agree with it. Um, too long. 
week at Murray, so yeah, I'd be taking it on if I could. No, wait, shit, that's coming from your New South Wales coach straight down. For a guy who's got no chance of getting in New South Wales, it's like, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, I, I hate the fact that, yeah, if you, this is our punishment, try taking us on. Because if you lose, we're going to fuck you up even more. That's such a shit attitude to have. Um, that's separate. But, yeah. Okay. Let's look at the Toby, I was going to say, Toby Rudolph one. Wade Graham. So Toby Rudolph had Mason Lino on the upper body. And you could see he was doing that thing where you got the bigger player and the smaller player trying to pick him up and literally just like kind of body slam him into the ground. Um, I don't even know if he knew Wade Graham was there because Toby Rudolph had already started the lifting motion almost like a straight up. And at this stage, Mason Lino was still upright. Wade Graham came in and had lifted the legs at the same time, which tipped. Lino, and then Toby Rudolph slammed him down, which when you look at the replay, Toby Rudolph's action was one action. Um, so I could see why he got off. Wade Graham, you didn't need to be doing that sort of motion on a much smaller person. He didn't land horribly. It looked bad, so it went past the horizontal. I guess, yeah, for Wade Graham, that's fair two weeks, and he's been suspended quite a bit. I agree with Toby Rudolph getting off. Um, which one did you want to have a comment on? I have a comment on both. Um, with the Wade Graham one, he probably accepted it due, due to the fact he's injured anyway. Like he was on one leg body in that game, so it didn't really matter. When's he not injured? Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it just looked bad. Um, see, for, for both of them, Oh, see, as a, as a Newcastle fan, I was like, oh, okay, shit, righto, it happened. Um, because they were too, like Wade Graham and Chan Townsend, they're, they're not those kind of players who are going to do that shit on purpose. Mm. Like, they're not. Uh, that's why I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Mason Lino was all right. Caelan Bong was okay. It, it ended probably as best it could. Um, we've been getting off. They were bad tackles, but I want to say they're accidents just because they're that, that sort of player. Um, the thing that made Chad Townsend one bad was he jumped. That's what yeah, I reckon is the, the worst thing. thing about it. Like, he, he jumped up in the... He, it was definitely shoulder charge. Yeah. But actually, <laughs> talking about the shoulder charge, so we all know I don't agree with the shoulder charge rule being in, right? Um, what shits me off about it is, is 90% of the advertising for Sunnyville coming back. Yeah, the NRL Fox Sports with shoulder charge. I'm like, you try and get out of the game, but you keep showing him smack Joel Clinton. So, ah, uh, that, that's another Good story. Point. It's just a rant I wanted to have. But, um... He did contact him in the head. He did shoulder charge him. Yeah, he contacted the top half of his shoulder. It bounced off off the ball. Um, he did not hear the whistle blow. There's no way he heard that whistle. It wasn't even a high, like a, a loud whistle to stop. No. Kalen Ponga heard it, which was 90% of the problem because he relaxed. So that made it look bad. Um, yeah, I just, I'm not overly worried about it just because it's Chad Townsend. He blatantly 
he doesn't go out. He's not that sort of player. He's never even uh, been sin binned or. Well, that's what John Morris came out and said. Yeah, he's a, he's not a player who gets sin binned his entire career. Now he gets sent off. Um, I believe it was an overreaction to send him off. Yeah, huge overreaction. But this day and age, for how it looked, I don't think Ben Cummins felt he had a choice because right now you got half the world criticising him for sending him off, and half the world agreeing with it. But if he sin-binned him, which was probably the bare minimum he had to do, yeah. it would have been the complete opposite way around. So he's going to get criticised anyway. Um, it just depends on your opinion. So I feel like he he felt like he needed to do it. But... I don't think down. anyone's opinion should ever come into it except for the head of... Well, referees. see, the head of refer- referees hasn't come out and said it was wrong yet. No, he did. No, he, he agreed with it. That was the issue I had. Oh, okay. He's been so there you go. He, he, the head referees agreed with it. Ben Cummins thought he was doing the right thing. And this is what people keep forgetting. Um, and I've actually asked referees this face-to-face, and they have been able to answer it correctly. I wonder if you can answer it. What's the number one priority for a referee? Player safety. Exactly. I've heard referees go to rules um, and all all sorts of answers to that question, but the, that's their number one priority. If there's a if he believes that play is getting to a point where a player's well-being is in danger, he has to do what he thinks is right. Now, I also think that this is where a video ref should be utilised more. The fact that when you heard him talking through it, saying you were off the ground, you had no attempt to make a tackle. I agree with both of them. And he said, you made contact with the head. He made secondary contact with the head. That's completely different to primary contact. Even Kalen Ponga said after the game when asked about it, they were referring to his nose, which was all bloody. Yeah, no, nah, that was that quite Brad and Trindle. Yeah, he said, no, that happened earlier on. Um, Townsend hit me in the shoulder and bounced out. There's nothing. There's, it is what it is. It's, he, he pretty much was straight after the game. He had nothing against him. He said, no, that was shoulder on shoulder and he bounced up. Um, that takes it down to a semi. And if you go back in the stuff that hasn't been sent off this year with the head oh, yeah. we've seen, 100% yeah. worse. I feel with, with what Ponga said straight after the game um, and the replays, I think he's been harsh with three weeks. Yes, it was. So he got less than Kevin Proctor. Yeah. That's a lot of shit. I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with the Proctor thing at all. Yeah, but no, I, I don't agree with that. But the fact that judiciary believes what Proctor did was technically worse than what Chad yeah. Townsend did. Like, I think we can all agree that's a lot of and shit. And remember, Proctor had a seven-year good record. Yeah. Chad Townsend would be up there as well. These guys have absolutely no fucking clue what they're doing. Yeah. Now, the Chester Vega thing. Now this changed this game for in the eyes of some people. Warriors were kind of in the in the game at this stage, and Jazz Tavanga or Tavanga got Sinbin for ten minutes for punching Nathan Brown's shirt. Now, if you haven't seen it, Nathan Brown's made the dominant tackle on Tavanga. Tavanga's on his back, Brown's on top of him, down on his chest, over his neck, over his head, so he can't get up. For anyone who's ever played league, if you're on your back. And you're trying to get up and you're pushing and you're pushing and the guy's not moving. You take a swipe up 
It doesn't hit Nathan Brown, doesn't hit his face, doesn't hit his shoulder, goes across the front of his jersey and gets suspended, uh, gets sent off, uh, freaking sin bin. But then the argument against this, Annesley said, a penalty would have been sufficient. This is after the game. This is the shit. This is the first thing I've really misunderstood by him. He said, he, he also said, players have to take responsibility for their actions. Point that Tavanga stays on the field if he doesn't react the way he did. If you do the crime, you've got to be prepared to do the time. One, there was no crime there. He didn't do anything. Do I think that incident was serious enough to go to Simbin? Probably not. But I think it's fair that everyone accepts their share of the responsibility. Blah, 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 blah. All players have a responsibility. If they want to win games, they want to put themselves in contention, then they also have a responsibility to not place the officials in a position where they force them to make a decision that might negatively affect them. Um, if you don't want to concede a penalty or be sent off, then don't take the action in the first place. What the hell is Savanga meant to do if this game's all about fast play the ball, fast speed, we're trying to speed it up, speed up the ruck, is he just going to fucking lie there like a starfish? And wait Yeah, so break? you got a point there. Todd Payton ripping rip into him if he was laying there doing nothing. But sorry, yeah, it's just bro. like, oh, that's right. You get off when you want to, Brown. I'll just lay here. Yeah. Oh, you're off? Yep, sweet. I'll get up and play the ball. It was oh, such a dumb decision. And Warriors had a chance in that game. What was it 22-18 in the end? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That was horrible. But anyway, Chad Townsend. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... No, I, I didn't, didn't really watch this too much because of the world... Oh, how the game is going. So this would have been a video referee situation. Yeah. So the referee would not have simbined him unless he had verification that the referee, the video referee thought he hit him. Um, I can he see might have seen it. From another angle, it would have looked like he'd punched him. Yeah. And one of the Eels players ran in, which kind of flared it up. Mm. It's something that happens a hundred times a game and no one reacts. Yeah, see, this is the cool thing as well. So early in the, earlier we're talking about Wade Graham and Chad Townsend, two clean skins. Now we're talking about Nathan Brown and Jazz Tavega. They're not the players that, sorry, they are the players you think to be involved in something like this. So, yeah. So, Nathan, they're both exactly the same. I rate Tavaga higher, but um, Nathan Brown's probably, you know, he would have been pushing in his throat. You would have been saying a few words as well. He would have provoked the shit out of him, and that wouldn't have been just that tackle. That would have been earlier, too. All game, you would have been at him. Yeah. Um, Tavega, you know, he would have been firing back just as hard as Brown was. So that's that's the difference between the two games. Um, I don't think he's meant to spend it out. But yeah. oh, I put him in that category as a little bulldog type player who would get under your skin. Yeah, but, this is um, just a, this is your classic dominant. Get off me, get off me. All right, I'll have a swipe. Yeah. Um, Fucking, you know what they should do? They should try and recreate these in the judiciary room. Have like Annesley on the ground, someone over the top of him holding him down, see what he does, and just be like, all right, yep, yeah. human reaction, my bad. That'd be brilliant. Turn it into like Korean parliament. <laughs> oh, I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not overly worried about too. The, the, the silly thing is, it, it is those, oh, sorry, those three incidents 
are exacerbated by the fact that this day and age you can't have that game looking like this anymore. I know. That that's unfortunately you can't. Play you know, that there's mums and kids who watch the show, or the game, and they don't want to. I don't think there's many mums and kids who watch our show, but yeah. No, I watched the dinner on. <laughs> yeah. I want you to so, yeah, I, I, but I don't want any contact. <laughs> that, that's just what it is now. All right. Casualties out of this weekend. A couple of big ones. So, Reed Marnie. Uh, looked pretty bad. Seems pretty bad. AC joint injury. Out indefinitely. Um, they're still waiting on scans. Oh, sorry. They got can They got scans. Confirmation it's AC joint damage. They're still waiting on the extent of it. Doesn't look good. Josh Papali, AC joint, um, has been cleared of any damage, which is good. He's still going to be monitored through the week. And also on that front, there was rounds going around from Channel 7 that he was homesick and looking to pick up a contract at the Titans or the Broncos. He's pretty much put that to bed, and a two-year extension at the Raiders is likely to be signed off on very soon. So good news there if you're a Canberra fan. Curtis Scott is still a week away uh, with his leg injury. So he will not be playing next week. And Dylan Napa has a medial tear in his knee as well as shoulder soreness, but no damage. He'll be out for the next three weeks. So he'll take him through the end of the season, um, but should be eligible for Queensland origin. Kieran Foran um, has another body part to look after. It looks as though a pretty severe pec tear. Still waiting on scans. Should get them in the next, well, I said 24 hours from this morning. Uh, That's so bad for him. Yeah. Like, he, that he could is, be his last. If well, I, picked I'd be very surprised if another team picked him up right now. Yeah, um, he's, there. That's like an ACL. Yeah, so <laughs> I remember someone said, oh, maybe the Tigers should pick four and up. So they got rid of Marshall, now pick four. <laughs> so. Um, it sucks because he's actually been playing okay. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what I was going to say. If he was on the field regularly for a five-year period, like, you know, a couple niggling injuries here and there, barring that, um, he would be considered probably one of the best halves in the club. Oh, yeah. By far. Well, look, look at what He'd he did be... at Manly in his early years when he was still yeah. learning the game. Yeah, he, he's just... Yeah, yeah he's, really he's just unfortunate for injuries. Just... Right. Yeah, and... like, Caelan Ponger will be rested this week. Um, Phoenix Crossland will miss this week after sustaining the head knock. Brian Kelly, Jamal, <laughs> I didn't ankle, even know about that one. Um, have both got ankle scans that they're waiting on for the Titans and George Tafua, uh, for Manly, another one to their list. Looks as though uh, a torn calf muscle. Um, and if you've seen Tafua's calves, they're like the size of your chest, so that's going to be a pretty big tear. Um, they're still waiting on scans to come back, but. If so, he'll be out for the, the remaining three rounds as well. Um, and that's pretty much it with regards to judiciary off the field news. And, um, yeah. oh, I didn't do signings, but I didn't hear of any through the week. So, just on the um, the Kalen Ponga thing, uh, the restings, because he, he, it's rumoured that he's not the only one who might get arrested. Um yeah. I like the sheer balls of Adam O'Brien going, look, we've made the finals. I'm going to rest a few players here. And he's going up against the Roosters this weekend. So yeah, It's not like the Roosters are bringing everybody back. Oh, 
<laughs> so I, I really like the sheer balls of Adam O'Brien going, look, it is what it is. We've got to rest him, which is, he does need to rest. He's been in the wars for the last couple of weeks. But it's just so good. Like, Roosters have never had that going against him. So most other coaches would be like, Caleb Pong has got to play. Our star players have to play against the Roosters. Is there any chance of winning? Adam O'Brien's like, we've made the finals. Let's get ready for that. Yeah, Who cares about much. the Roosters? They know the bottom four of the top eight, so they may as well. Yeah, they, well, they're, they're, if, if they, they could they're going to do three, a die match. Yeah, if they won all three, there's a chance they could crack the top four if other people lost. Yeah. But right now, he, if, if he wins two out of three, it looks like he's going to get a home semi. And that's all he needs to aim yeah. for, home semi. So I don't think Oregon is great. And I never would have thought to do it just because they're playing the Roosters, but why the fuck not? On the signings front, should mention that Toby Rudolph uh, is signed an extension through the end of next season. All right. Um, There's actual games played as well over the weekend. Um, Really? Yeah, a couple of results. You Uh, mean Chad Townsend didn't knock out Caelan Ponga walking down the street? No, that was an, that's an AFL thing. Didn't you see that through the week? Um, they get <laughs> in their bubble that they uh, head out to strippers at 2am and beat the shit out of each other. It's great. Um, average flog league. So let's have a look. So going back to Thursday night, we had the Broncos 12 losing to the Penrith Panthers 25. Now, for most people, this is one of the Broncos' best games they've played in a while. Um Going down by 13 points to Penrith, who have been running up big numbers on a lot of people. Um, yeah, you could kind of see why. Like, the Broncos' tries were a fair way apart. Uh, Katoni Staggs using, uh, bringing back memories of Greg Inglis at Suncorp uh, with the fend and the run, just yeah. making Josh Mansour look. Yeah. So, like how good do you reckon? Tony, for Tony Staggs to be good, how good do you reckon with a half that actually gave him space instead of Tony Staggs having to create space? They can be real. Yeah. I've thought from the start that out of your Fafita, Pangai, Huss, um, and Staggs, that he's got the most natural talent out of the four of them. <laughs> um, he's explosive. He's, I think he's strong enough to play in the forwards if they need him to, but. He's, a, he's an exciting player to watch. and I, I just have doubts about his defense. Oh, and that I comes that... with all young centers almost. Like Jared yeah. Croker and the Morris boys are kind of freaks when it comes to that, where they had their defensive game on point quicker than their offensive game, I'd say, especially in Croker's thing. But you've got to also say he hasn't had a hell of a lot of help around him. And center's a tough position because you're relying on a half generally on one side and a, a second row on the other side. Um, you're, you're either going to be facing a fullback sweeping around, uh, a ball playing second row or a steamrolling one. And you've got to make more decisions than a winger has to. Yeah. It does take time. But it's embarrassing to watch an NRL player like Mansell try and tackle a guy like Staggs up high. <laughs> I just fucking well, you cut his legs and he's down, man. 
Yeah, but the thing about it is if anyone was going to be able to do it as far as body type goes, Mansell's have got closest thing to a body type than Stags does. Yeah, the so, angle that he was running, you're not going to take him up high anyway. The angle that he was running, I doubt Mansell would have been able to get him low either. Was, Mansell was backing away. I know, it was, a pathetic, it was a pathetic attempt by Mansell. It shows how little they do in the way of training with tackling for anything down low. It's all up high. And, and then the next guy came in up high. And Anyway, um, Penrith did enough that they needed to do. They were still in control of this game even though they fell behind early. Uh, Jerome Luai and, and Cleary linking up for another try. The summer grubber from Cleary to Luai. Brian Tuo getting on the score sheet. Kurt Capewell scoring a try on his return. Uh, Ivan Cleary's in, those, in that great position next week where he's got uh, Kurt Capewell. He's got Kikau coming back. You've got Liam Martin. You've, oh, sorry, Kikau's back. You've got Isaiah Yo coming back. You've got Fisher-Harris, you've got Tarmel, you've got Moses Leota, Zane Tedavano. Um, someone's going to be missing out. Does Kate will come into the starting lineup? Does he start on the bench? Does Isaiah come off the bench? Yeah. So it's a pretty good problem to have. Uh, Charlie Staines is back, um, ready to go again as well for the backs. So... Yeah, Penny Panthers are looking pretty damn good. For the Broncos, a better display, you'd say. There wasn't the big fall-off. Like, if you look at Penrith's tries, 24th, 36th, 55th, 69th minute. It wasn't like four tries in 10 minutes or four tries in 20 minutes like they've given up this year. Um, yeah, it looks as though Broncos have simplified their game over the last couple of weeks, which... Kind of to be expected from what we heard about how their games were going earlier in the season. Yeah, so it's come out that I think Peter Gentle said it in the um, press conference. That is completely went away from Anthony Anthony Seabold's game plan. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a, players to pull something off complexly. Yeah, so it pretty much just went, ah, you're... No, no, we're not going to play like you wanted us to for the last two years. We're going to play like this. And they came, not not close, but they came all right to winning, you know, against the, the top team. Um, but Pembroke affirming more and more every week. There's a slightly got the minor premiership. The only thing is I just don't see him being the Roosters at this point, but I could be proven wrong. And it's good to see, like, Broncos would still be hurting, I would be, um, at the loss of David Fafita. But Jordan Ricky looks like he's got a bit about yeah. him. Um, his try wasn't a gimme. He still had a bit to do. He did get a nice ball. Um, but it's unfortunate he's now been sus- sorry, suspended for two weeks. Um, with a young player like that, so you want, um, you, want, you want them to get a bit of consistency, a bit of a roll-on, especially in a starting position. Um, but at least a little bit of goodish news for the Broncos to go off there. Uh, a loss nonetheless. Uh, the only other good news for them is that the Titans also won, so the Bulldogs didn't pick up points on them. Uh, so when I said a couple of surprising results, I'm thinking the first game on Friday night. Uh, oh, hey. surprising. Not that the Knights 
beat the Sharks, but the fact that it was 38 to 10 and the Sharks did not look in it at any point adds the fact of Townsend's um, sending off. And, and they, they were more than a step off the pace in this game. Yeah, um, you're right. They, they, they weren't flash. Um, they're holding back off Ponga, which is not a good idea. Yeah, you, you don't back away from that boy. You got to get up in his face. What would be his biggest flaw at this stage in his game? Ponga. Probably his patience. Okay, that kind, of, that kind of links to what I was thinking. So, no, for me, like you compare him to Tedesco where Tedesco picks his moments, where Tedesco, he, he doesn't usually do a run that's not effective, if you understand yeah. that. So, And he's passing. Tedesco's really worked on that in the last couple of years. Um, Ponga what, about, what about his passing? Tedesco's mm. or Ponga's? Tedesco's. Tede- I would say that Ponga would have a better long pass game. Okay, so you're actually Tedesco. talking about technique. Yeah, okay. No, no, I'm just talking about overall. So Ponga definitely has a better long pass game. He's cut out ball from yeah, right okay, to left. Tedesco is, yeah. Yeah, but Tedesco is gentler hands than Ponga. But Tedesco also uses his speed to get himself in the position to do that. Yeah. Um, but he's worked on that recently. Ponga's only still 22. So he's still... I'm going to take it back to the point. You said Sharks hang, hung off him. Yeah. So that, but one more yeah. thing about Ponga is that you said he got beaten up. He puts himself in really bad situations. So when he jumps, he leads with his legs. But where Billy Slater used to have one leg to land and one leg sticking out, he has both legs sticking out. Yeah. So he always ends up on his back and he gets whiplash. Every single time, um, he ducks his head when he runs, which makes a better chance of people smacking him in the face. Um, and when he, when he does Union. move lat- laterally, like steps laterally, he does duck his head, which is more of a chance of people hitting him in the face, which happens a fair amount. He gets a lot of high tackles. And Newcastle are right. People do target him. But on the sa- on you flip the coin over on that, he does put himself in a lot of shit situations. Yeah. And that's the difference between him and Tedesco. Ponga doesn't have the patience to pick his moments. He just wants to get in and run all day, which is great, but it's going to get him hurt in the long run. Which someone needs to show him Tedesco and Billy Slater's game and go, look, yeah, it's great that you're doing the hard runs, but that's not what you should be doing. I don't know if it comes down to patience. I agree with everything you said. And my my biggest flaw that I pick up in this game is decision-making. And maybe not so much patience, but when a team stands off him like the Sharks did, it gives him more time to make a decision. And looks good whereas that way, when yeah. He's good like that. Whereas mm. if you rush him, mm. we've seen him overthrow cutout balls. We've seen him step inside when he should have passed. We've seen him pass when he should have run. Um he'll try and do too much. And it's his decision-making that puts him in those situations where he shouldn't get into. Whereas Tedesco was doing those things at that age, whereas now he picks and chooses his moments almost perfectly when to chime in. So the games where I think Pong has been non-effective or less effective 
have been those games where the defense has rushed him and forced him to make a decision earlier than he wants to. Yeah. Do you know how many hat tricks he's had in his career? That's his first ever one. I was really surprised by that. Yeah, he scored like six doubles. Yeah. yeah. And two of those tries were almost from standing starts. And then he's like, oh, they're not coming at me. I'll just run at them. And because he's got such good acceleration and agility, he just split them. And lower leg strength, yeah. Yeah, and it was... um, I think the Sharks just showed a blueprint of how not to defend Ponga. Yeah. Um, so, to his credit, he's got the talent to make the most of it. Like, you're not going to... A fullback like... Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. I'm not going to pick on Boyd again. Uh, Scott Drinkwater. Alex Johnson. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, even. If you're given that much space... Um, they don't have the speed and the agility to be able to do that, but they may have the time to build up their top ends and use their strength to bust the line. Yeah. Um, but if you rush Mitchell, he's got the strength to hold a defender off and still get a pass away, or he can cut out pass. Um, yeah, so this is, this is what I see about Ponga. When he signed with Newcastle last, so he signed in 2024, right? Everyone was like, oh, my God, it's a great signing. He'll be 26 mm. at his next contract then. His next contracts is huge. ridiculously important. Yeah. Because if he if they can get him for another five years or however long, whatever, in his next contract, he'll be 30 odd by the time it ends. Oh my god, and just like you said, he's only twenty-two. So mm. imagine what he's gonna do when he starts learning his game more and how he to could be on, so, He could be on a whole two million a year by that stage. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but the thing Probably about it is that... Union and play for the All Blacks in the World Cup. Oh, oh. It will depend on the next four years how Newcastle goes. So next year, they're going to have a really good team. So their back line's going to be pretty strong. And their four-pack, you bring in Frizzell to what they already have, is going to be you know pretty good. So I'm hoping that Newcastle can get reasonably successful. But the thing is, we've got to keep Ponga if we are going to be successful. And say you win a premiership in the next four years on his contract. Um, is that good enough patents for him to leave? Well, it, that depends on him. So if he no, was... No, I'm going as a fan. No. Because I, I want to be Roosters. I want to be Melbourne. I want to be that team in the next 10 years to create a dynasty. I, I'd rather win four premierships than one. And the thing about that is you're not going to win four premierships in 10 years. And this is just throwing a number out without someone like Ponga in your team. All right. Would you rather eight years of Ponga and no premiership or four years in one? Four years in one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Me too. Yeah. Um, Just touching on Cronulla. So they're four points up on the Tigers. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Four points. So that's two games. Um, But saying that too. Oh, wait. So, four point, two games up on the Warriors and Tigers, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's pushing for the eight. Everyone reckons the eight's justified now. Um, those three teams, Cronulla, West Tigers and Warriors, probably have the worst three games you can play out of all of them together. So, the Cronulla have Warriors, which would be a hard game. Roosters well, and if Sharks, if Sharks win that, Warriors can't make the eight. 
No, no, that's that's correct. But if Warriors win this weekend, it kind of becomes and dicey. That's like a four-point swing. But yeah, so Warriors have a better run. So if they win this weekend, they have a hell of a chance of still making the eight because mm-hmm. uh, Cronulla, and if you, I'm just going on how they played on the weekend. They're up against Warriors. If they lose that, the last two games are Roosters and Canberra. West Tigers have got South Sydney, Mel- South Sydney who are up on the up, Melbourne who are just Melbourne, and then Para who, who depends how they go this weekend, might be coming back to some form. Is that Tigers? Warriors yeah, all right. have got, and I'm sorry to say this to you, but they have Cronulla, Canberra, and because they're playing probably the weakest team out of these three teams, they're playing mainly mm-hmm. in the last game. So if Warriors win this weekend, it could be very interesting. But the thing that's not going in their favour is their minus four and against, yeah. Yeah. So theoretically, they've got to win all three, and Cronulla's going to have to lose all One. three. All three, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, which it comes down to this. With the way Cronulla's playing, it's entirely possible. But in saying that, too, it'd be important if Warriors beat Cronulla this weekend. They've got to beat Canberra because I think they'll beat Manly. So it'd be hell the next two weeks for Warriors. I'm actually kind of I would love for them to make the eight because anyone who's, who makes excuses for the next 20 years about location, traveling, lifestyle, anything like that should be shot out of the cannon for Warriors make the eight this year. And that I'm I'm legitimately aiming that at um, Trent Barrett. I'm honestly pissed that they're ahead of us. <laughs> like, bad, every team that's below the Warriors this year should be embarrassed. Um, no. Look, I, don't, I wouldn't want to play them in the finals, especially a knockout game. No. Nah, and shit. Yeah, and it's a good week to versus Sharks. Like, yeah, they get Sean Johnson back, but they're not going to have uh, Wade Townsend. Uh, yeah, they would have had a boost of Townsend being back and then they're gone. Anyway, but the Knights... Um, yeah, they run rings around them. Uh, First time they're in the finals since 2013. Look at that. Lock Fitzgibbon getting over. Safatoa getting a double. Um, Ponga doing what he does. Yeah, it looks good by the Knights. I hated tipping this game because both those teams have shit me off all year where they've... <laughs> Knights have looked like this one week and then lost to the Titans or whoever the next week. Um you compare that game to the second game on Friday night, which was a belter of a game. Um, 14-10 to the Rabbits at half time. Uh, they were definitely in this one up to their necks, like the whole contest. But the difference is in the second half, all they did was add a penalty goal. Uh, so that put them up 16-10 at that stage. and And then... Man, that Justin Olam try, if anyone hasn't seen it, and we've talked about the speed of Hamadou Fidel a few times on the podcast this year, Josh Adokar burning oh, yeah. Rabbitohs on the outside uh, to link a ball. Oh, sorry, that was one to Pappenhausen, linking a ball under the inside of Pappenhausen for his try. And then Olam finishing off a speed move again with Adokar and Pappenhausen involved. Uh Freaking brilliant. Like, he's still got gas at Okar. It was yeah, so just pure. Everyone pace. talks about 
Everyone talks about Tedesco, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Caleb Ponger, and Tom Trevojevic, probably the top four fullbacks in the comp. Pappenhausen's up there now. Oh, he's... Yeah. It's support play as well. Yeah, but the thing people don't know too much about him, when Billy Slater retired, he was playing Q-Cup for Sunshine Coast. He was their fourth string fullback when Billy Slater retired. So they had Jerome Hughes ahead of him because he's a fullback yeah. originally. Yeah. Scott Drinkwater. Cowboys now. Yeah. Yeah. And Cam Munster originally. Oh, Cam Munster. Of course. Yeah. So he was their fourth string fullback. And they're like, and then because Jerome Hughes got injured and wasn't in form and they had to have him at halfback. And then because, um, yeah, they had Cam Munster there. And because Scott Drinkwater went to Cowboys, they're like, hey, mate, have a run. They found a gem. Yeah. So it's, that 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 alone should tell you what the war the um, Melbourne's recruitment recruitment's like. Is that? Because he just comes in and he's been lighting it up since his debut. Can you imagine like what it'd be like for him or for any young footballer? You go out and have a blinder, you rest, you come back, you rock up to training the next day, and Billy Slater's in the room with you breaking down the video and talking <laughs> back, going, hey, how about we try this next time? And how about we do this? Because you can see... Do you know be even better? Of him with the Cooper Cronk play. was right next to Billy Slater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like just... When they show the front-on shots of him, the sweep plays and how tight he stays to the ball runner. And then you see him just pop up at the last moment for that little pass. It's just Slater yeah. all over. And oh, yeah. Tino getting across the stripe again. Um, further strengthening his origin hopes. South Sydney did not embarrass themselves, apart from not, not getting over the strife in the second half. Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds linking up again. for a, like Cody Walker pretty much ran a second rowers line back on the angle and just used speed and footwork off a, um, uh, uh, a pass off Reynolds. And Reynolds, again, taking the line on more than he has all year. And that, that started a couple of weeks ago. And, it, and it, it, it's been paying off for the Souths. This was a damn good run for them going in the finals, knowing where they're at. Um, it was Storm just being the Storm and getting across the line, knowing how to shut out games. And there's no coincidence that Cam Munster scores their last try, like one of their star players. Um, yeah. So victory. And, and they had to come back because Rabbitohs were in front um, till the 64th minute. Yeah. Do you know what? Oregon... So- we always said that not many Melbourne players go away, leave Melbourne, and become good at another club. They just, they they fit in so well. I reckon Tino is going to be able to go well at Gold Coast next year. He's a good player. Yeah, like he he fits in second row, front row, lock. He's all over the forward pack. He hard, runs hard. He's explosive. Um, and I hope Justin Holbrook's a good enough coach to, you know, control him on the Gold Coast. I think he will because uh, we're talking about him at work. And if this is your first time listening with uh, listening to us on six again, Tino uh, went to the high school that I teach at. He was in year 12 the first year that I taught there. So I didn't have anything to do with him. But a lot of the staff that were there with him are still there now. And we're talking about how good it was that he's, how good it's been that he started his career at the Storm and how good it will be for him going to the Titans, which is closer to his family. Um, but the fact that he spent 
two years now, two full years now in the structure of Melbourne, learning from Bellamy, learning from Smith, um, having slayed around, learning the high standards of what it takes to become, playing in such a structured system, doing his job. And then going to the Titans, I think even three years ago, that might have almost been wasted. Whereas I think well, look at Yeah. I think mm. now, with Holbrook being there, coming from a club like St. Helens, where he knows what it's like coaching your, your big club and that sort of stuff, and you can see the influence he's already having on Proctor. So it's the best foot he's played for the Titans, and Holbrook's only been there for one season. Yeah, so just touching on Justin Holbrook, you said he came from a structured environment um, like St. Helens. Do you know who, you, do you remember who he was? No, no, no. Tino that? came from a structured environment at Melbourne. Oh, no, you're saying... Tri- Holbrook sca- came from a successful... Yeah. Background. So do you know where Holbrook like, came before St. Helens? Melbourne. Nah. Damn it. Trent Robinson. Oh, no way. Yeah, he's a Roosters assistant coach before he went to St. Helens. And that's what Trent Robinson came out and said because there's an article today about the fact that Fitz- Fitzgibbon has um, rejected four clubs. And then he said, Adam O'Brien picked and chose where he wants to go because Newcastle playing Roosters this weekend. Oh, my God, the ex-assistant coach come back. But Trent Robinson said he, he wants assistant coaches with ambition who can coach. So he's never going to say no to them walking out the door. That yeah. was exactly like Trent, Justin Hover. He was under Trent Robinson for five years as an assistant Ooh. coach at Roosters. And then he went to St. Helens, was successful then. Now he's that back at Gold Coast. So it's gonna, he, he, he's got a pretty good... You know, resume, yeah, he's just got to back it up because he's going to have the forward pack next year. Yeah, and um, so going on to our first game on Saturday, talking about the Titans. Um, Hard-fought victory, but a good victory. 18-14 over the Bulldogs down in Sydney. Uh, Corey Thompson scoring the second minute to get him off to a, a good start. Um, Freaking love the Anthony Don try, which is a yeah. bit of... Um, this happened twice on the weekend where the attacking teams put a kick up, landed 20 metres out or so, defensive teams let it bounce. Not a great idea to do it at the, uh, the first point. Uh, Titans got it back. Corey Thompson, winger, cross-field kick to the other winger. Uh, bounce up perfectly for Don. That was a, a ripper of a try. Um, not saying you'd save the Titans uh, since the introduction of the NRL, but they found a way to win. Uh, which is, yeah, it's just not one of the things. Ash Taylor didn't have a good day with the boot, one out of four, uh, which which made it a bit closer. And 14-6 at half time they led. So second half, Bulldogs actually won eight to four. The Titans got enough points when they needed to and picked up another victory. And this is looking like a pretty solid end of the season. Um, it said Titans had to win four of their last... Six, I think, and they've won two of them so far. So they're uh, looking at doubling their victories from last year. Uh, Bo Furmore, man, he's got some pace for a um, a big fella playing the centre's awesome yeah. pro. I actually regretted him letting him go from Newcastle. He, he's a solid player, but we just had too many back rollers to keep him. And he's net, I'm glad he's getting some run, some minutes now, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, Titans are up to six victories. They need two out of their last three. So, oh my God, this could be the first time the Titans finish above the Seagulls. <laughs> um, so, 
Oh, uh, the biggest no, thing I want to say right. is fuck you, Gold Coast. Um, for beating the... Yeah, Oops. so someone's got to lose to the Bulldogs. It's just annoying me now because Broncos deserve to win the sprint, so stop beating people and just <laughs> take the hit. That's what people got to learn to do. So next three games, either Manly, South Sydney or Penrith, lose. That's all you got to do. Sydney or Penrith. That'll be man. Manly, South Sydney and Penrith. We've got this covered, guys. South Sydney, you've already made the eight. Just give it a miss. Let Newcastle become fifth and let us play Cronulla the first round. (laughs) That's fine. Just take that hit. I think Joe Arrow making his return as well. Um, I'm trying to see why Philip Sammy wasn't playing. He was the one dropped for Corey Thompson, whether he was dropped due to an injury or not. I reckon the 15, team, 15 other teams can get together and just decide that Broncos need to win the wooden spoon. I reckon that'd be the most unanimous decision ever in NRL. Wow, that's interesting. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, Jermaine Jolliffe only played 10 minutes because of the injury. So, I'm like, how did Tyrone Peachy and Jairo play 69 in 64 minutes? Wow, Footer Waker played 70 off the bench. That's good. Um, anyway, so, well done, Titans. Uh Probably the most entertaining game, I guess, for a neutral. Uh, the second game on the Saturday, Seagulls versus the West Tigers. <laughs> um, at Brookie, I said Tigers are going to win because Manly's at home. We've lost four of our five at Brookie this year. Um, Manly got off to a good start. Cherry Evans had the uh, offense firing. I think Manly had completed 15 of 15 sets and West Tigers had completed three. It was something when I was watching this game that annoys me with commentators. Like, it's like it's the first game of sport they've ever watched. The fact that Manly jumped out to a 20 to 6 lead. Um, and I was like, I'd be shocked if the Tigers came back from here. Uh, pure domination. It's pretty rare that a team will get sustained pressure and perfect play over 80 minutes. The law of averages doesn't work like that. Um, Humans don't work like that. We're not robots. There's always going to be time for the other team to at least have possession. Whether they're good enough with that possession um, is a different question. But Jared texts me after this game going, you blew that. And yeah, we did. But still at no point in that game did I feel confident because, like I said, for anyone who's been watching Manly, we have not been good, especially defensively. Um and when the pressure was on, we just imploded. And, and credit to the West Tigers for not giving up. They fought back from 32-18 down with 10 minutes to go to get the win 34-32. Was I disappointed? Hell yes. Was I surprised? No. Um, any team that's putting out Jack Kajeski as a starting second row is in trouble. Um, we, had, we had Morgan Harper reject from the Bulldogs get a run. Uh, look yeah, good. Like that. Look woeful in defense. The only upside, oh, George Field tearing his calf. The only upside for Manly fans, I think, um, is the sustained high standards that Cherry Evans continued to put on. Um, if any of our listeners uh, have Super Coach, uh, uh, how do you rate Superstar? Superstar, John Schuster. Yeah, so Benji Marshall I said the call said that I didn't even know who he was, but then. Once I saw his name again on team sheet, I was like, holy crap, this is our under-20s guy. He got player of the um, 
comp last year in the 20s. He's a beast. A ball playing lock or 5'8". Or he was solid. He was really solid. Yeah, so I think Benji Marshall went a bit far to say that he was the best debut he's ever seen. He's seen in his time. But he did ma- one thing he did mention that I really liked to see as a fan was Benji mentioned how much he was talking and communicating, yeah. which is a really good sign for a young half. He said he wasn't shying away. I agree with Jared that he didn't do anything outstanding or flashy or um, lit the world on fire, but he took the line on. He ran. He passed well. He had a grubby kick in for a a restart. But the fact that Benji said he noticed him communicating is the biggest tick for a Manly fan. I think if we're going to get anything out of this season, it's watching this kid play for the next three weeks. Um, hopefully getting Albert Hoppawati in one position for three weeks, preferably fullback. No, uh, Travoyevich is coming back next week. No, he's not. Um, yes. If not fullback, I'd like to see him at centre rather than wing. No, he's been playing the centres. Well, he played on the... He played in centre last week. He played the wing this week. Oh, did he? Uh, well, he had to because of the injury to, to Thor. But, yeah, centre's not a... Yeah, I just want him playing one position. Um, already looking ahead to next year, I'd rather Suli... Actually, no. I, I changed my mind again. I forgot about Schuster. Schuster and Cherry Evans in the halves next year with Walker and Sully in the centres, Hopawati and someone on the wings. That'll be all right. See, that's how bad we've been. I'm already looking forward to next year and we've got three rounds to go. Oh, uh, so I'm going to make the finals and I'm way more looking forward to the next year than I am this year. Jeez, this is a sport. sport. Uh, <laughs> second week with West Tigers, changing up Adam Dewey and Moses Embi. Dewey had a freaking blinder in the centres. Um, some of Manly's tackling didn't, well, made, it made him look even better, but he did have a really solid game. Um, yeah, and credit to him for not giving up. Michael Maguire is instilling things here and there, and, and one, of, they're, one of the things is their attitude. And like I said, for any of those people following Supercoach, um, Cherry Evans in, picked up 114 points. Um, in a losing team. And for a yeah. halfback, anything pushing 100 is pretty damn impressive. You don't see it that often. Uh, clear he's done it a couple of times this year, but that's usually points that you see fullbacks um, or maybe like a workhorse forward getting if they score a try. Yeah, he's... Terry Evans has been brilliant. Um Manly, considering how poor they've been playing. So, well done to the Tigers. Keeps their finals hopes alive. Uh, last game on the Saturday. To me, probably the match of the round. Even though it was 18-6, it was finals intensity. It was a great game to watch, um, separated only by a couple of moments of brilliance. Uh, one, well, Kind of both by Tedesco. The first one, just using pace to get on the outside. Both Tedesco's second try and Bateman's were individual efforts off their own grubber kicks, which is pretty cool to see. Some big contact in this game. Obviously, Sonny Bill returned with a 13 or 15-minute cameo. 
he was sucking him in when he came off. I think yeah. he's uh he went straight into an eight, eighteen tackle set, six, six, three full sets each way, um, with no breaks, and yeah, that that pretty much had him spent pretty damn quickly. It was out of position Look, a couple of times, but he just—he yeah. he, he looked like an eighteen-year-old just wanting to get out in the field and run around and get involved. Yeah. Um, I, anyone criticising him for what he did and what Fox Sports did, just relax. <laughs> um, they made money out of it, so. You know what they? You know what they? They had a Sunny Bill cam. Yeah, I know. Um. I'd love a Tedesco cam one week. That would have been nice. Or a uh, a Ponga cam where, like, you know, players that stay on the field for 80 minutes and you can actually see them. Yeah, but it'd be easier to have a Sonny Bill cam if he's only on there for 10 minutes. How how can they have the technology to put it on a guy who hasn't played in, what, four years, but you can't put it on, like, the best players in the game? Do you want me to go through what we talked about before the podcast? No, I'm just saying that's just fucking lazy. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but the reality of it is he made money for the NRL. It was the third most watched game on Fox Sports and it was the of rugby league this year and it was the highest streamed game in the history of streaming rugby league. Yeah, it's also Roosters versus Canberra. Yes, but you can't deny part of it was because of Sonny Bill. What was the second highest rating game this year? Um, it was the highest rating when... Parramatta flogged Broncos, and the second highest was Canberra versus Roosters. Canberra versus Storm. No, Canberra versus Melbourne. Yeah, so Canberra's been the second and third highest rated, yeah. and they're against the other two best teams. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it is partly because of that, but I imagine that I don't think it would have got the airtime. I, I don't think it would have got deferred unless Sonny Bill was playing. Yeah, I get you with that one. Yeah. But also, so, it's not in the top 20 best players in the game, so I'd like to see a cam on one yeah, of Yeah, but he's a, he, he's a... he's a. I know he's bringing the people in, but I don't need a cam on him knowing that he's only going to no, be like 20. You, you don't, and you're one, of the pe- you're one of a lot of people who don't. But I guarantee you... Would you sit game, there for 20 minutes to watch a Sunny Bill cam? No, no, no. I didn't watch the Sonny Bill cam. I guarantee, no. but I guarantee. I'm but not, that, I'm not back, saying I'm that's not overkill. I just understand why they did it. I understand why they did it as well. Yeah, and I don't, as a fan, I don't know. But I guarantee you it bought a lot of people who don't usually watch rugby league. Guarantee you it bought a lot of women because he's a good looking bloke. And I guarantee you it made and NRL. Men. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'd turn. And then you go, <laughs> um, I guarantee you it made NRL. And the Roosters a lot of money. Yes. So if you could pay, you know, whoever to do the Sunny Bill cam, I don't know how they did. It. I don't know if it was one person, four people, or seven people. But we've but you, we've done it for the last three or four years. I just don't know why it's gone away this year. Yeah. Their, their wages would have covered the fact. Their wages would have been covered a hundredfold. And the amount of money it took to actually put a Sunny Bill camp on TV would have been covered hundredfold by the amount of money they made from the Sunny Bill TV. Honestly, I reckon it cost them less to do it than a normal camera. You only have to focus on one thing instead of panning everywhere. 
I just love, I, I wish, I just hope that they do it every week. And there's like one, play, I, I would hope I, one player. I agree game. with you because Adam had a few drinks on Saturday night and kind of teed off in the group chat about the same. I didn't have a few game. drinks. You said you did. I'd had Saturday night. Two. Ah, easy lightweight. But no, <laughs> but the thing about it is that, and Adam was 100% correct. They should have focused a bit more on Josh Morris. Yes. He deserved a bit more recognition. But, but like Adam said earlier, the Roosters made it but about Josh Morris during the week, not Sonny Bill. Yes. So I reckon the people who mattered to Josh Morris made it about Josh Morris. I also think Fox Sports and the media made it into a much bigger deal than what it actually was. Oh, no, 100% they did. Because I think... It, and, we, and this is not a podcast where we agree with the opinions of Fox Sports. No. Because I think so, uh, this Crichton returning from injury is going to have a much bigger impact on the on the Roosters' premiership chances than Sonny Bill playing three games. Because yeah. he'll be on the field for probably like five times the amount of time. But anyway... Um, Canberra didn't look out of their depth. Uh, this is Tom Starling started again. Um, you'll see it shows that I think Ricky Stewart has no fear in putting this kid in the hardest environments, knowing that the two-time reigning champs, the ones who beat him in the grand final, um, yeah, get it, get out the young fella, have a go against this forward pack. Um, he looked pretty good again. Uh, who else? Sutton started again for him. I think he's. I think they found something there with him being the starting prop. Uh, Valemi was there because Curtis Scott was out. Nick Kotrick looked really good, running onto the ball hard, got them out, got them out of a couple of high danger areas. Um, it was. I think. Um, I can't remember which Rooster said it, but they said it was a great dress rehearsal for the finals. A really tough grinding match. Similar to the first game on Sunday, which was the Eels versus the Warriors. And um, we've talked about it. I guess we'll talk about it again. Eels, there's just something not not there that was there earlier in the season. Yeah. They don't, like, All they're right. winning, but they don't look like a team that's going to go yeah. uh, as right. the finals as they looked earlier in the year. Uh, I'm curious if this win's going to kick them in the gear. Because Blake uh, Bella, I think, finally scored. I think they lost two weeks in a row, didn't they? Or one week in a row. They got fucking belted. Yeah. Um, and then I think no, they only won 14-12 over Bulldogs or someone like down near the bottom and then got smoked by the Rabbitohs last week. Yeah. So I was hoping... I was actually hoping Warriors win this just because of the fact they make a hell of a good story towards the end of the year. But... um. Yeah, Parramatta, they got the win. We've just said it all along. They're not clicking, but maybe they've still got three games before the finals to get it all right. Um, and a I couple will of tough matches. We, we had a conversation on, well, we're watching a game on Sunday. Um, I'm still not convinced about Gutherson, eh? I don't think he's, uh, he makes all, he's fit and he's attack. He's always, he, I will, he's, he's back up top-notch, but his defence isn't there. Um, he didn't even touch two of us a check. Oh, but come on, that... No, nah, 
No. Nah, if, if, if you want to be the captain of your team at fullback in a top four squad, he should have at least touched him. Like Billy Slater wouldn't let that happen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to put it back to Darius Boyd last week, right? Or the week before. Oh. When he got stepped, who stepped Darius Boyd? Nat Butcher, a freaking reserve second uh, offer. Yeah, okay, yeah. There's yeah. two of us a check. This is the same guy whose footwork ripped up the NRL for over a season off a wing and then pulled back for the Roosters. That was... Yeah, so I've seen, work I've, seen. I've seen this happen to Gufferson before as well. Not to do a check to other people. Like, don't give me names and dates. I don't. I don't know that. But I've, I just. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. It's a lot of fullbacks ahead of him as far as all round. Yeah. Skill goes. I really would like take away the top four, like to avoid all them. Take away the top four fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Um. I would put Pappenhausen ahead of him. I would put Dylan Edwards ahead of him. I'd put... Um, there's another fullback. Uh, ah, the, Scott Drinkwater to a point. I rate Scott whoa. Drinkwater, really. AJ Brimson. Whoa. I'd put him ahead of Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, I, whoa. It's, I'm not convinced by him. I really not like... Yeah, the big, I think, I think the biggest credit he'd probably be fitter than the rest of them, other than Tedesco. I think he'd be fitter than all of them, but other than that, I don't see too much out of him, to be honest. I just, yeah, I don't know. See, I, I definitely have him above Edwards and and Drinkwater, Pappenhausen, and him to me are equal footing because their skills relative to each other in different areas. I believe Guthrie's but, much better under the high ball and sweeping setup play with Pappenhausen's much better at uh, instinct and support and running the ball. Yeah, I just, I just think for effort-wise, I would put a lot of people ahead of him as well. He does go missing when the chips are down. Yeah, I, I know. I, just, I know a lot of people disagree. But I just, I'm not convinced by it. And I actually said at the start of the year that, I don't know if you remember it, that I don't think Parramatta can win the premiership with him as captain. Um. I did say that not long a while ago, but I, I don't know. I don't know. He's just he's not. I'm yeah, not convinced by him. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm not convinced by him. Chanel Harris Tavita continues to continues to impress. Warriors did one of their awesome old school ad lib tries uh, yeah. with Harris Tavita jumping on a Nicarima grubber um, at the end of a. Fifth tackle, uh, keep the ball alive, Harlem Globetrotter play that went from one side of the field to the other. Hayes Perham's been given some opportunities and he's been really impressive. Um, I like seeing him and seeing what he's been doing. It's good to see. That's, I guess, an upside of the Warriors this season is a lot of these young guys are getting a crack and actually getting some pretty decent game time. It'll be good for the Warriors next week, getting George Jennings and Alvaro back to play. They obviously weren't allowed to play. This week against Parramatta, it's their um, their club. It's their on loan. Um, it's disappointing that Tavega got Sinbing, so it'll be interesting to see how this game played out. Yeah. Uh, Blake Ferguson breaking his duck for the season. Uh, the betting companies will be a bit pissed with that, but well done to him. Uh, that'll probably rocket him straight back in an Origin jersey because he scored one try. Uh, <laughs> um, Eels maintain their position in the top eight. 
Uh, sorry, well, obviously they're sitting third. They're still two points clear of the Roosters uh, and four clear of the Raiders. So next week's a huge game for them uh, with regards to where they're going to finish this season. So they're taking on Penrith, uh, Battle of the West. If Roosters win their game um, and Parramatta lose, uh, Roosters will jump way above them with regards to points differential. And the Raiders, if they win, they'll be within two points of them with two rounds left. So there is a chance they could slip out of the top four. It's still in their hands. They only really need to win one more game. Um, yeah, they don't have to win one more game to ensure a top four finish. But it's going to be a this 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 game this weekend is going to be their yardstick when they're taking on Penrith. Uh, and last game of the round turned into. Surprisingly tight contest with some really good tries. Some really nice tries in this game. Uh, Mikhail Ravalawa tiptoeing the sideline, getting the ball down somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was freakish. Unique, you know, getting his token try. Uh, a prop getting over for the first points of the game. And then Carl Felt, their other big uh, money player, Calmly slotting the field goal in Golden Point after Zach Lomax and Corey Norman had missed opportunities um, for the Dragons. Zach Lomax hasn't scored a try in about three weeks now, but he continues to put himself in a position to have an impact for the Dragons, which I think it will be impressive for them. Um, What else? As a Cowboys supporter, I'd be annoyed but also happy the fact that you're looking at this team going, where was this spirit for the rest of the year? Like you look at some of the images after the game and how happy they were to get the victory. Um, it means a hell of a lot to them. When yeah. I'm just happy that Val Holmes is finally living up to that, that grain breaker attitude. Mm. He has a grain breaker paycheck. He has actually yeah, finally did it after 16 weeks. Oh, yeah, plus you're six weeks out with injury, plus not having... I did start, say he'd struggle this year. Uh, start, plus not having time alone. Like, they've had a lot of shit go their way, plus a, a coaching thing. Like, they haven't had the best season, but even when they've had their best season, they haven't played that well. This was good to see you what fans' point of view. Other that, than that, their starting forward pack have really good stats. So, obviously, McKinnis always has good stats. But their back, their bench, other than Jackson Ford, geez, they didn't do too much. Oh, the Dragons. Yeah, and that was probably where they let down. Like Fui Maiano, was he injured? No, he was on the bench. Yeah, so he made nine tackles and two runs. Well, I don't know how much time he got. Yeah, so that's 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 why I'm questioning it. Like Kate Ellis, um, eighteen tackles and eleven runs for 133 meters, but. You still want more. And then uh, Jackson Ford, he done 40, what, 38 tackles. But then you got your front row, you know, Josh Kerr, 30 tackles. He only six runs. So their forward pack didn't do too flash. It's like Blake Laurie done all right. He done 47 Drew tackles. Drew Mayo, only played 12 minutes. Oh, there you go. Why's that? I don't know. That'd just be coach's decision, I'd say. Yeah, that's really strange. He might be one of the players that 
Um, Josh Kerr played off. 31. Yeah, Jackson yeah. Ford played 64 off the bench. Um, yeah. played 33, so... Does that mean 64? That means you got brought on after 16 minutes. Mm. Well, you got Fodder Waker played 70 for the Titans, so he got brought on after 10. Yeah, and, that's, that's and insane. You look, look at this, eh? Uh, 33 out of 41 completions, 32 out of 40 completions, so both 80%. Attack, both teams had 191 runs. Um, so exactly the same amount, all run metres, a 10-metre difference. Dragons ran 10 metres more than the Cowboys. Post-contact metres, 26 runs, a 26 metres difference. Tackle breaks, two difference. Like, this is the most even game I've ever seen on stats. Like, how do you yeah. both end up with 191 runs each and the meters only 10 meters apart? Offloads, eight all. Uh, dummy passes, four different. Kicks, or kick meters are a little bit different there. Man, this is tight the whole way through. Tackle efficiency, both 90%. The biggest difference is Cowboys made six more errors, uh, five more errors. And Dragons only used seven interchange. Weird. Um, but yeah, it's a win there for the Cowboys. That finishes the Dragons' hopes of the top eight. Uh, yeah, on 12, they're six points behind the Sharks. They'd have to win all of them with the Sharks, not picking up any other points. Um, but the... Oh, yeah, mathematically, they can still make it. But, yeah... Uh, so, Seagulls, Titans, Dragons, pretty much bye-bye for 2020. Uh, Warriors and Tigers holding on by the skin of their teeth. Otherwise, pretty much everything else is set. Uh, Broncos and Bulldogs have got some big games coming up. Broncos against the Titans next week. Bulldogs against Manly um, with a battle for the wooden spoon. So, that's kind of where we're at at the end of round 17. Three weeks to go till finals. Um, Fair bit to look forward to. Penrith, Parramatta kind of headline it next week. Some big injuries coming back. But I guess the biggest news of the week, um, I won both my Super League matches, so I've got a week off in the finals. How are you looking, Joe? Super coach? Yeah. No, you didn't. So you win finals. Super League. Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. I gave up about 12 weeks ago. What the hell? you got to commit, Jared. At least three <laughs> years, you said. <laughs> <laughs> Did you plan that? Because that was pretty good. No, I was just. Was I don't. I, yeah, I just didn't. I, I usually am all, all winning, but this year I just didn't do it for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, I've got, I'm going to trade in S- Sophia Talakai for Zach Lomax and still make a profit now. He's made enough for me. <laughs> I think my, my forward pack going into my prelim final should look something like Coruscant, Harry Grant, Clemmer, and Pass. Pass. Clemmer and Payne Haas are my props. My back row, Ryan Madison, John Bateman, Angus Crichton, and Cam McInnes. I think. <laughs> Pat Trebojevic, even though he's been like the ninth best forward or ninth best player all year. But anyway, um, risk it for the biscuit. That'll do us for round 17. Uh, join us Thursday morning for round 18 preview. Three weeks to go. Uh, good luck to all the clubs still in it. Good luck this weekend. No, what am I saying this weekend? We haven't even done our round 18 preview. 
I'm going to go get some sleep after editing this and get ready for the Stanley Cup conference finals. Hey guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's Craft Beer Choice of the Week.